Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode is brought to you by Mossy Oak. Because everything is better in Bottomland. Kent Cartridge. Quality matters. Performance counts. Shen Gear. Waterfowl gear that is built better. And Benelli USA. Dominate the skies. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Rowan Thunder Podcast. Hey, buddy. What's up? Not too much. Not too much. Starting to feel like feel like springtime outside. It definitely feels like springtime. <laughs> Turkeys are gobbling. I've seen a few strutters. Y'all been listening pretty well every day this week. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's drawn up by blank yet. No, well, no one's gotten skunked yet. Drake didn't hear any this morning, but he saw. It. Well, no, I take that back. He did hear some. He didn't hear any on the roost, but he did hear some. So no one's been skunked yet on the scouting trips. Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to get. I think the cold weather's coming back in, but yeah. two or three days of beautiful warm weather has got them feeling froggy. Uh-huh. So, it's definitely time to change gears. Yeah. Thinking about sneaking down to Mississippi in the morning. I wish we had a kid that Taking hadn't some already youths. missed like a gazillion days of school. <laughs> I know one that would like to shoot another one. Public I'll service announcement. Could... If your kid wants to shoot a turkey in Mississippi, <laughs> yeah. give us a call. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. They must shoot a 20-gauge, and they must shoot straight. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, well, today we've got a pretty cool interview, and this is not going to be a giant name that I think a whole bunch of people know, mm-hmm. although the people that need to know know. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got one of our employees. His name is Mark Brown. Mark operates our Haas machinery. Uh, we've got a CNC lathe, a CNC mill. We've got a second lathe on its way, mm-hmm. and Mark is the man that knows how to manipulate those machines, program them, um, and run them. And so every duck call, barrel, band, insert, they all get made right here in the shop by Mark. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a million things that have changed in the last, say, year and a half around here, but the ability to manufacture our own calls um as we need them um or in batches you right. know but but to maintain quality control of that is such a um such a big deal right in in the world of duck calls um and and it's been a differentiator for us for me specifically and and for rolling thunder having production in house being able to check every one of them and make sure that we're building the same thing, you know, it has, has just really been a, it's been a big deal. Yeah. And, and so, um, Mark's scared to death to get on here. Yeah. But he's terrified. Yeah. And you can, you'll be able to hear the, the fear in his voice when <laughs> this interview starts. He's a lot more colorful and got a lot more personality than what he's going to show in, in this interview. But, um, Anyways, without any further ado, this is Mark Brown, 
and he is the uh, head machinist here at Rolling Thunder Game Calls. So when you order a duck call, you can rest assured it's coming The magician off. took care That's of right. it. That's right. That's right. This is the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of Duck Calls. So, anyways, here we go. All right. Everybody's audio okay? Yep. Turn turn uh, my ear, the volume in my ear down just a little bit. I'm hearing a little bit of mouth breathing too much. That's good? better, yeah. Okay. That's better. You good, Mark? That'll be me. The, the mouth, mouth breathing. breathing. <laughs> well, speaking of that, go ahead and move the microphone up a little closer to you. There you go. Give us a little check, 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 All check. Right. All right, coming in good. good. I can hear him fine. Everything look good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we've got one of our uh, VIP MVP. Uh, there's there's there our old again. buddy Drake. I mean, <laughs> as soon as we get to talking about something. Uh, hey, Mariana, would you go tell Drake to f- crawl in a hole somewhere with that duck call? Will you go tell Drake to crawl in a hole somewhere with that duck call? <laughs> tell him we're trying to record. <laughs> um, I swear, it's like he knows. He knows, yeah. He yeah, knows yeah. when it's lunchtime, yeah. he knows when it's time to go, and oh, he knows yeah. when we're trying to do a podcast. Yeah. Without yeah. a clock. Yeah, yeah. without a clock. <laughs> <laughs> like a like an old shop dog <laughs> at four fifty seven, he starts wagging he starts his stirring. tail, and what time his is legs. So, uh, anyways, on on today's episode, we've got uh, one of the. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the man behind the curtain. I mean, uh, I was going to say unsung quite, hero. Well, it's hard to imagine that. Uh, that Drake wants us to. <laughs> he can't help himself. <laughs> he go interrupt. <laughs> oh really oh bsod sounds pretty good oh well you might as well hit a lick on it while while we're recording sounds pretty good great now hybrids are going to be collectible and you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he said. Something I don't either. <laughs> anyway, wow. so so uh, Mark Brown is joining us, and Mark is um, the master of the machine shop. I guess is good title. Yeah. Do you talk, Mark? Not much. I usually <laughs> only do. when he's talked to. <laughs> he's over there nodding and everything like. <laughs> Nonverbal cues don't count on a podcast, Mark. (laughs) No smell of vision here. (laughs) Um, Well, I basically just wanted to get you on the podcast because um, of all the things in calendar year 2022 that changed our business, having you and Crystal and Kobe living in Fayette County and um, running those machines back there has definitely been in the and on the top of the list um and i i'm proud of that i think you're proud of it most days and kind of wanted to give the world a chance to get to know who mark is well here we are uh yeah i've i've been (laughs) blessed to uh to been invited to come over and make duck calls in tennessee i'm i'm happy i'm doing something that i enjoy and I know I'm doing the right thing. Um, How you like Tennessee so far? Tennessee has opened their arms and welcomed me. It's it's been overwhelmingly just generous. Well, good. 
You don't have to say anything bad about Arkansas, but I couldn't because <laughs> I, I was there all my life, so I, I wouldn't know what to say bad about it. I, I, we ain't got the skeeters y'all got over there. I, there was a couple things I was going to say that bird. I missed, and one of those is the mosquitoes. <laughs> so I do not miss that. So. <laughs> We got them, yeah. but, I mean, for a man who grew up in, in a rice field, on the edge of a rice field, I mean, <laughs> this feels a little like heaven. When uh, I first moved across the river, everybody would say, we got mosquitoes over here. And I'm like, no, no you don't. we don't have mosquitoes over here. <laughs> Y'all got some gnats, but <laughs> exactly. And big half-dollar size zebra-backed <laughs> mosquitoes that live in Arkansas. Broke out of Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, what well, part of Arkansas are you from? Uh, from Humphrey. All my life, I went to kindergarten there, graduated high school there. Never really knew anything but Balmeda. That was all I did. I I stayed in the woods when I was young, squirrel hunting, deer hunting. Uh, Didn't start duck hunting until I was probably 18, 19 years old. Daddy always told me we was too poor to duck hunt. So Uh, that was one of the things. It it was. (laughs) So you you listened to Daddy up until that point, and then I had my own money. So I was like, I didn't have much of it, but I'd be like, I may miss a meal or two, but I'm going duck hunting in the morning. So whichever way it goes. (laughs) That's funny. Then I got the passion for it, so it it, it fell in. Me and my wife first got married, and, boy, I chased them. I worked at Lennox night shift, and, boy, every morning we'd be up at least four or five mornings in the week chasing after them ducks. What time did you get off from the night shift? 10 o'clock. P.M.? Yeah, 10 o'clock at night, and come in and – Get you a little something to eat and, and try to wind down a little bit, get you a shower and then go to bed and right back up the next morning. Usually I had two or three, four buddies that was going to go, so there's never no backing out. You always had to. So is that like second shift? Mm-hmm. Yep. Two in the – what time did you start in the afternoon? Two to ten, and I worked there. I guess I did that about seven, eight years at Lennox. That sounds like a good way for a duck hunter to uh-huh. die. Well, you I know. mean, that's just you, – you get home just in time to get three hours of sleep and think you can do it again the next morning. Don't have to be at work until lunchtime. That's some high motor stuff right there. I would do it three or four mornings out of the week, and then I'd just be falling on my face. <laughs> my wife's like, either we're getting a divorce or you're getting some sleep, one of the two. <laughs> but, you know, what do you do when you're first married? You do about anything for money. I mean, yeah. that was legal anyway, so we I worked at Lennox, and, and night shift was the only thing. You could either work 2 to 10 or 10 to 6 the next morning, so that was going to cut into the duck hunt. Mm-hmm. So that was <laughs> – so, yeah, I was I was all part of the Balmeda, uh Suzuki, everybody running and acting crazy, running down the ditch and everything before it all kind of got managed up there a little bit. Yeah. What uh- – what did you do at Linux? Uh, I was actually a machine operator. I, I built doors. I did a, a big automated machine that built doors. Uh, and Linux, the air conditioning, heating and air conditioning? That's exactly. We <clears throat> made all the commercial units there. Uh, anything from probably a three and a half to a seven ton all the way up to probably a 40 ton. Mm. So huge. Uh, Walmart had a big line that we did. And just anybody else that you know, commercially had air conditioners. And it, so you machined the doors that went on those units? That's right. With a mill or? No, it came in big rolls. Metal came in sheet rolls. And I actually, I did about everything throughout the whole plant. And uh, I could I could run the machine that we would coil it off with. We'd coil it in, in, in certain diameter, certain length sheets, take it somewhere else and bend it, fold it, 
you know, paint it. At one time, we had a paint line. You'd just hang doors up and send it through, and they'd paint it. Did it look like our paint booth out behind the barn where we spray the pots? Or no, was it a little, little this shinier was a little more higher, higher tech. It had a big <laughs> assembly line that just kept moving, and there was guys that stood there and hung, just hung pieces of metal and things at all times. That was their job full time. Mm. Huh. Uh, and how long did you do that at Linux? Probably worked there seven years, something like that, seven, eight years. Okay. And from Linux, you went to R&T, or did you do the print shop? No, I started printing, and I went to Drummond. I printed, I printed paper. Man, I printed paper for a long time. Uh, and the reason I got there was just it was a day shift job. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. wife told me, she was like, all right, you got to do something. I'm tired of this shift. 10 yep, o'clock, yep. and you get home at 11. Well, she's asleep for an hour already, the, and you're... The kids had done started school, so it really started kind of. You had to grow up. That's right. So, uh, speaking uh, of kids, how many kids do you have? I do have two. I've got a little boy and a little girl. Okay. Um, how uh, old are How old are they? Twenty one and twenty two. I was just fixing to say, is a little boy different than the six foot two boy you got well, in the engraving room right he, now? He's a little taller than I am. But, <laughs> you uh, find out he's little when he shows up late. <laughs> Mark, Mark make him little in a hurry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he's the best HR. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any HR Risk problems management. Out, of, out of Mark's kids. <laughs> I can promise you, you hire anything that's affiliated with me, he ain't gonna get no sugar loaf or no easy way out. He's gonna work. <laughs> Oh, so you you printed for a while, like offset printing? Oh uh, yeah, I did. You do some, there? I did offset printing. I did some uh, UV printing that would cure right out of the belt. Coating, man, I did a little bit of everything there. I was always into something. Um, a lot of times, I'd just kind of float, you know, maybe doing, you know, somebody didn't make it in or something. You just kind of move this machine, that machine. Mm-hmm. But. A lot of offset printing. Then the last of it there, I really enjoyed what I was doing there. I uh, I got to do the UV part of things, and it was it was pretty cool. It was new new age stuff. Hmm. Uh, and then saw where uh, Rich and Tony had, had needed a job and and or had a job open, so I talked to Rusty there for a little while and ended up going out there to work. I worked there about five years. Got experience, man, to meet some really good people. Um, met Jimbo, met Drake, met mm-hmm. John, Rusty. You know, through the whole situation, Blake, the whole crew there, man. They're they're up 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 stand people. They're mm-hmm. good people to work with. Mm-hmm. Top notch place. I've learned so much, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, you learn a lot through your whole life. But you know, just when you when you become a sponge and you know you're you're willing to absorb some things, man, it's crazy the things mm-hmm. you can learn and just yeah. take in. But yeah, it's um, it's been a it's been a different journey for us coming over here. Um, but we were we were questioning, you know, hey, what's really going on? You know, what's in our life? And and our son, you know, he's he's twenty one years old, so he can do basically what he wanted to. And and me and Crystal sat down and talked about it, and we were ready. We were ready for a different change, um, a new environment. And when we when we did that, we we changed a few things in our life and, and you know, um, took inventory of some things that we needed to inventory and got rid of a few things that we needed to let go of. So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a good diet. 
<laughs> she had some weight. That's it. That was absolutely it. Yeah, it was, I was lean and mean when you got here, and I feel like I've gained every pound that you've lost. Well, when I got here, that was kind of my fallback shield, so I fell back on the little Debbies and uh, gained me some weight, and I told the wife after Christmas, I was like, we got to do something different. So. <laughs> Y'all done a good job. Well, I appreciate it. It's uh, Diet's always a work. Always a work in progress. So always, always. So um, at Linux, what kind of machines did you run? I started off running uh, some little old punches. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of an entry level. You could tell everybody through the door, here's your landing spot you got over here. And I guess, uh, not to sound boasty, but I guess they could see a little potential. So they're like, okay, here we go. We're going to guide you over here. And I got in with a guy named Michael Danley. He was a real good guy. He he kind of took me in his wing, you know, and showed me the 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 – schematics of these machines and everything and it and it it really did me good it 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 opened up a door for me that you know when somebody needs you in a business your your need there is is a lot bigger Mm -hmm. and that he opened up that door so uh once i got into the little old press break thing he kind of showed me the automated thing well these guys you would have two guys stand on a press break break doors the size of these tables here and they'd break 40 or 50 and be slap wore out it hand me 500 and i'd break them in a night but it's on an automated machine is just picks mm-hmm. it up suckers it drops it puts it machine does its thing and then back out the way so it was pretty cool it was big machines you know uh something that you still you you don't see many many of these big machines around like that. It mm-hmm. just these were ground shakers, you know. They would they put some of these orifices in top of these units and stuff and it would move the you know, move the earth up in that building. <laughs> did y'all have lathes and mills? Where did you learn to be an operator of, of C and C equipment? R and T. I'll be dang. When I walked out there I'd I had operated machines uh, knew how to run a tape measure, blueprints, because Linux taught me all that. They sent you to a little old class. Mm-hmm. Um, so the most part, you know, as long as you know your numbers, know decimals and and everything like that, you could you could do things. But when I went out to Rich and Tone, it was I, I just kind of got it. You know, hey, here, you know, and and not necessarily. I'm I'm not sure they expected me to want to do it mm-hmm. well when i got it man i just started feeding off of it i loved it mm. um i don't know it, it is my passion i'm glad that the good lord opened that door that i finally got to do something that mm-hmm. i wake up in the morning and it's exciting mm-hmm. you know you do something that um uh, not just everybody does not that you walk in a building you're like man you know everybody does this or everybody's a, <laughs> it, it's pretty cool you know so there's now, nobody that comes to work here every day and thinks, I got to do the same thing everybody else did today. No, no. And, and that's the cool thing about that shop back there. There's always something that's challenging. Mm-hmm. You. And and I'd rather I'd rather work a challenge because I like to come in in the morning. I'd rather go to work. And it like y'all saying, Drake, I didn't even look at the clock. Lord, is it quitting time? <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you, it just sneaks up on you. It makes yeah. that day go by quick. So, yeah. Well, so – did you just take naturally to the G code and to manipulating that stuff? And I mean, you've learned a lot of stuff on the job in a short period of time. Uh, 
obviously you know my buddy Ben. He uh, he taught a lot of just kind of that starter, that door, you know, opening up. But like I said, it was that it's that passion. Mm-hmm. You know about making duck calls or making whatever you're doing, but it's it's something that you love. Mm-hmm. So once you love it, it, it's you work a little harder at it. You'll go home and work at it. Yeah, yeah. So when you're willing to take it home and do homework, or I remember y'all at Rich and Tone, I'd take the book, the Haas machine book, take it home and read it. I mean, it, yeah, you couldn't interest me now to read. I, I don't. I'm good without that. But <laughs> that machine, you know, I just I, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do more. So, uh, yeah, I definitely. I took the book home and and read and more internet, more Google, YouTube, and all of that. You know, mm-hmm. that's that was a lot of where I learned. Hmm. That's pretty crazy. But it's it's wild. It 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 also says to me. I, I I marvel at seeing people's gifts, you know, like like I enjoy making duck calls every day. When I get up I'm excited to come here and, and see us make duck calls. But but I I could sit there and try to read that Haas manual a million times over and that's just not the way the good Lord has wired me. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing to me to see a guy like you who's clearly wired that way and like you've you've done different things in your life but when you get to a spot where it's like that's the sweet spot you know then it doesn't I don't really like that old adage that if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life because I think work is always there's a part of work work. that's always work yeah you know what I mean it's never it's not just heaven uh but it is it does get easier when you enjoy what you're doing and when it's and it fits your gifting you know what I mean and uh I think something else that can be said talking about it adding to his gift is watching Kobe work with him mm-hmm. and watching how interested and how much he wants to learn based off of what you know and how much he already knows at 21 years old. You know? He hadn't taught you anything yet, has he? Yes, he has. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, he don't listen to the podcast, though, so we don't have to tell him. Right? I, I hope not, anyway. <laughs> and he's in the Haas school, which is a pretty cool benefit of y'all moving over this side of the river, just proximity, huh? I want to tell the small, it was a, a funny story. We were lost, me and my wife were. We were looking for something to eat. He had finished his little engineering degree back in Arkansas, and we was really unsure what we were doing yet next for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pull up to the road, and I'm looking at her crazy because she's done got us lost. She's the operator of the map and everything. So <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And I look over, and I see a big hoss sign. Uh-huh. Immediately, we throw the blinker on me, and her rolls up in there. She gets out at the door, walks in, talks to the people, said, we got 25 openings. It's going to open up next month. I was like, this is absolutely crazy. You know, she comes back out. We talk about it a little bit, which we had been talking and uh, praying about it. We wanted to do the right thing and wanted him, in, you know, to, to be in the right situation because mm-hmm. everybody wants their kid to succeed. And the best way to have a kid succeeding is, is – to help their way out, you know, mm-hmm. to make the road a little easier to walk on. So, yeah. well, with that being said, anyway, we went out that afternoon. We was like, all right, this is it. Well, we signed him up, and he was accepted, and there it is. Well, he had done got to the point. College was about like high school. I've had me all I want, and I'm done with it. I'm ready mm-hmm. to go to work. Well, he told me the other day, he's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. You know, it, mm. it it's really been you know, good for me. I've learned a lot, you know, and things like that. So I guess another thing lets you know when you're in the 
in the right scene, in the right mm-hmm. situation, yeah. you know, when everybody's kind of happy and it, it works out at your house like that. Hmm. So That's fantastic. Well, he's doing a good job, and I know he's learning a lot, and it's pretty cool to see the things he's learned in state-of-the-art compared to the things you're learning from reading the manual. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can tell y'all are in there comparing <laughs> notes a lot. Uh, but, well, um, what would you say – What's your favorite part about making a duck call or favorite part of your job? I guess the number one, my favorite, is just being in a shop. I like the environment. That's that's my home in there. Uh, I like tools. I like, you know, anything that, like I said, challenging. I don't want anything's easy. It, it almost seems like something ain't right, so I keep double-checking myself. I'd almost rather it be a little hard. Well, it's pretty easy for it to be hard in them type environment in there because just, you know, the enormous things that could go wrong at any point in time, you know, from drill bit to a tool breaking or anything else. So, But I truly enjoy just being in the shop, um, being able to do, you know, what I want to do. It, it I can't say because I've always been in a shop working. I don't know what it is about the whole duck call environment. I, I I guess I like when guys come in and they've done had a good hunt. I know what that feeling is. It was on cloud nine for me and my buddies to go back to Linux mm-hmm. and done slam them dudes in the face and bow me to tired as all get out. Looking like you did Monday morning driving back. I mean, and, but I'll go get me another little bit next, you know, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. I know you get a lot of personal satisfaction because I've seen you light up when somebody comes in and, you know, you always, whenever we come back from shows, you want to know what everybody had to say about them calls. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I know that means a lot to you because you always ask and, and you can just see how, you know, kind of like good dog when you pet them on top of the head, they just kind of. <laughs> Maybe off the subject a little bit, but I told my wife when we made them Ebonites a couple weeks back for NWTF, I told her, I said, all right, I think this may be my first pretty good one that I'm going to make. She's like, what do you mean? I said, <laughs> I think there's going to be a couple people maybe want this dude. <laughs> did you yeah. expect Did no, you expect what happened to happen? Not really. Uh, I was maybe a day or two. I didn't think we'd come back to Tennessee with none. Yeah, no, I had no doubt that we'd Yeah, I had no doubt that we'd be done with them before we come home. I didn't think they'd I figured it'd be lunchtime on Friday. That was my guess. Yeah. I just figured it'd be I just didn't see Thursday being as busy as it was, but I, I seven know. minutes. Well, I will say there's <laughs> some kind of chemistry to it because after that, uh, had a guy come in and wanted to know. I bought an XL while I was at NWTF. He bought a blackout. He's like, "What's this hype about the Ebonite?" I'm not sure. Try it out for yourself, and man, you could just hear that. <laughs> it's got a a duckier sound i don't know if maybe the woodsy sound maybe the you know because i'm a i'm a big woods guy i'd rather hunt the woods than anything mm-hmm. which who wouldn't you know but for that matter but just i, I think it's the ghost electric caps and the cancer and bakelite yeah. and all the, i don't know yeah. what all's in there but i yeah. mean i know it stinks up the <laughs> shop while we're turning it sure does but it smells good everybody that works in the shop knows that smell yeah. it's like 
Mm. <laughs> Only person who probably didn't know what that smell was the first time they smelled it was Sarah. All the rest of us were like, somebody's cutting it old. It smells like a beast too, boy. Everybody wants to stick their head out. We're like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. Same when it when they engrave it, boy, it, it, you can really smell it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how that brings back so many memories up for me of mm-hmm. like, you know, cutting cutting a call late at night or just you know they say smell is like the strongest trigger yeah. of, of your memory and yeah. i guess it's probably just because i i've got so many memories of trying to get one right and messing one up and just kind of but that evanite boy it just really mm-hmm. it, yeah when i smell it it, it brings back kind of like CK1 and some of them clones from high school. This is like her perfume. You smell it, you're like, whoop, yeah, her name was. Some old spice. <laughs> That's right. It just brings back memories. Um, but um, do you enjoy bringing to life the things that people dream up, like in terms of customs? And I know sometimes a custom is just as simple as like red, white, and something else. But A color combination. Right. right. But, I mean, we've had some people come up with pretty cool things to have engraved and or, or things that mean something to them. You know, it's just small stories. Um, I, I feel like what I observe is that you really get a kick out of interacting with the customers and bringing that to life. I like to see their dream, what they got going on, you know, what their thoughts are. Because um, I get it, man. Everybody wants their own interaction with you know a situation Mm -hmm. they want their own personal touch to it so to have somebody come in and you know pick out something that that, that's different Mm -hmm. uh is really cool i think we got a something coming up that that's going to be really cool we got a guy that sent in a blank maybe with some ashes coming Mm -hmm. in it so i mean i'm i'm a personal big He's not an animal. He is a family member, but I got mm-hmm. a I got a chocolate lab that's part of the family. So I know, I mean, just to be able to recreate that for that guy mm-hmm. means you know, something. Me, it yeah, means, means something. something. Yes, because right. right. I'll I'll um I'll have a little emotional tie to that call, you know, just Dang because right. I got to do some of it. And and you know, I guess here we are with that passion, man. I love to get on call nuts or. Anything, call page or something, boy, and see some of my work. You know, see mm, something yeah. that I've touched, something that I've done, something mm-hmm. that I helped this guy. This guy's like, hey, I got an idea what I want, you know, but what do I want? I'm like, hey, I think we ought to do this, you know. Right. And then to hear him say, hey, man, that was, boy, that looked good. That was nice. So that's the cool part about it. I guess if that was the passion part of it, it's right there. It's making somebody's you know, dream come true, but then to see that dude done went down there and got a lanyard full of ducks or something. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part never gets old. It, no. To me, it's like I love walking out a show and seeing somebody wear one of our hats that has – that I don't I don't know who they are. Right. It's one thing, like, I bump into my dad and he's wearing one of my hats. You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of expect that out of If he don't you know, support you, good Or look. my kids, right? <laughs> but, I mean, but, but you, you walk down the aisle of a trade show and somebody's wearing a hat and you're just like, man, where did he get that hat? Or right. who, who – you want to introduce yourself to him? And I feel the same way when I see somebody's picture come across one of those call pages where – 
they got a stringer full of ducks, and they, you know, here's, you know, great season, blah, 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 kind of. And then there's a duck call hanging on there, and you're, you know, you don't even remember making that one. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But it yeah. meant something to them as in the number one spot. Um, and that, I, I don't know, that, that part never gets old. It's super cool to be able to participate in their hunt that way. It really is, you know, because just for somebody – for me, for somebody to open up a spot for one of our calls to be on their lanyard, that's that's uh, you know generous enough you know mm-hmm. position yeah. to be in already. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um, but but then you know to uh, to just see you know some guy's creation you know and and he's like, hey, I think you can do this, and and be able to make something you know out of his thought or you know whatever he's got. It's pretty cool. Um, recently, along those lines, recently we've had a little flurry of calls that guys had made for their boys or their daughters. We've had, shoot, I don't know, a dozen or so, it seems like, between the couple pinks and purples for daughters, and we've got just had a guy send in some for some pink as some material for an idea he had with pink, and then... We've done – we just – Kobe engraved one today. I think that's super cool. It is. When when a dad's like, this is what dad blows, here's yours. you, you got to have one too. I, I think, think that's absolutely. cool as heck. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that was a cool part of back in Arkansas. Kobe got to come up through the through the class with, with Mr. Butch and, and John and Jimbo and all of them and uh, just, just learn to – be around that kind of environment and everything. It was a it was a really good environment. And I guess back then I didn't I didn't know to to stop and take the moment in like a, I should have. I wished I would have now, mm-hmm. you know, because to see some great duck call guys and that that level to take time out of their place, you know, to to mm-hmm. get in, you know, to a room full of hundred kids. Everybody's blowing on a duck call, and it's just like, oh, my wow, you know. <laughs> and they could make something out of that chaos, mm-hmm. so it was pretty cool to come up through that. Yeah. That's it kind of feels special to have a guy in the shop that touches a duck call every day that still wants to blow them every time oh. he touches them. That's absolutely right. <laughs> it is true. I feel like Drake and Riley come in here every single day, and it's like they're, I'll be dang, that duck call quacks when you blow on Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like you like wake up surprised. every day, like, I get to go make calls. They're like, I get to go blow them. <laughs> you know, to have them guys enjoy what they're blowing, enjoy what they're doing, but to – I feel like we're putting out a product that they dearly believe in. Yeah. You're dang right. Absolutely. And are proud of. You hear me? Mm-hmm. You can hear it. In, I mean, you can hear it when they're blowing calls on their lunch break, yep. when they're blowing them outside, yep. inside, in the hallway. And, I mean, honest to God – that's the hardest thing about being the manager of this place is because half the time I'm trying to be on an important phone call. It annoys the crap out of me, and I have to check myself. I have to go, those guys are enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yep. uh, it's and, not bad. It's just no, it's poor timing. No. <laughs> well, maybe we shouldn't make it as loud. No, we need to make it that loud. But, no, it's flattering to see them guys. For sure. Constantly. You know, just constantly always got one of those duck calls in their hand, working on it, working with it, doing doing new things with it. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of that new innovation that we got coming yep. out. Yeah, it is. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've told you this before, and I've told Drake this before. 
The XL that I have on my lanyard is the best duck call I've ever owned, bar none. And I own hundreds of them. I've had, I have a pretty impressive Arkansas collection. I have a ton of Mr. Butch's old calls. I have uh, quite a few Tennessee calls. I don't collect as much as John, and I don't collect as much as I used to. I've kind of, you know, I, that's no longer a part of my life. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> i got more mouths to feed now. <laughs> they eat more. But uh, but I guess my, my point is I've, I've had pretty well one of all of them, and it may not fit everybody, but I can honest to God say that the duck call that's on my lanyard is the finest duck call I've ever owned. That's exactly how I feel about my OG brute that I bought two years ago. <laughs> It stayed on my lanyard. I've got a one one drop lanyard, and it's on there, and it's gonna stay there <laughs> until it breaks. And it flatters me to know that that's your duck call of choice. To the point that's almost like winning the lottery. To me. <laughs> I mean, wow! Seriously, yeah. it, it feels like I've done something. Yeah. I mean, well, it gives all of us a little bit of pride, you know, because uh, we we built that XL out of scratch. Exactly. And and it and it's it's been begged borrowed and robbed from various places of things we come up with oh yeah yeah but um that that really was an impressive team effort between all of us you know drake riley me you you know every single one of us leaning into that because it it wasn't what we thought we were gonna you know when we started and where when we finished there was a lot of miles between there. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> especially from this counter to the back there in the room anyway. Because I know we'd work a little bit, and they'd be like, nope, no, that that's it. not Let's it. Let's go again. That's yeah. not it. Um, so, anyways, I mean, <laughs> we're we're definitely rabbit trailing now. And yeah. Drake feels well, like I, it's time to go back to tuning. <laughs> so. I was just fixing to say, I w- I, obviously, I wasn't a part of the making of the XL, but watching y'all make the mean duck and having about – that much of a part in it Mm -hmm. and just like listening to Riley blow it, listen to you blow it and then just be like, it's not quite there. Mm -hmm. It's like 99% of the way there. And just that the, the push to perfection that I see coming out of your room is incredibly impressive. That's where my heart comes into. Cause I, I want everybody to be happy with what we're doing. Yeah. The number one thing, it's hard to sell somebody something when you're not believing in it. Yeah. 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 And I, I agree with that. And I would say, I would modify that a little bit and say that I realize we can't make everybody happy. Oh, never. But what we can do is we can replicate something that makes somebody happy again. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, to me, that's still the most important thing about the call business is if we give you a duck call, you need to be able to show that to your buddy, let your buddy blow it, and then your buddy needs to have the confidence to be able to call us up and order it and get the same duck call again. Mm-hmm. That's, right. That's the difference between, you know, a one-off custom shop that just starts with a blank slate and builds something. That's awesome. More yeah. power to them. That's that's not our business. Our business is building a you know premium level i wanted to say superior but i don't want to compare ourselves to others i'm not trying to make a superiority claim i'm just saying yeah make the best possible duck call premium quality that we can make and then be able to replicate that and if you want that in red or pink or purple or orange or you know a little combination all that great we'll do that but um you need to have a starting point with us 
with every model that we make that you have confidence that it's the same. And that's yeah. – you. I appreciate you bringing that up because of all the th- – there's a gazillion things I appreciate you about you, Mark, but that's probably the one that I appreciate the most is the level of consistency at the calls yes. that we're putting out over the last six months, seven yeah. months, or it's been longer yeah. than that now. Gracious, it's nearly been a year. It's only a year. <laughs> yeah. And the ability to make suggestions on how to alter the call and then being able to go to the machine and do exactly that. No more, no less, nothing. And and the thing about the mean duck is the way that it was running would have been fine, but we don't do fine. Right. We want it to be perfect. And Man. they hit that mark every single time. Almost like that boy wants a paycheck this I'm week, telling Mark. You, I'm trying to earn it this week. <laughs> he drank the Kool-Aid <laughs> long and hard this week. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, no, and that's a skill. That's not a – that's a – now that we're just – you know, pumping up Mark's ego here. That's a skill, <laughs> and it's not an accident. Most folks that don't run a CNC machine or have never operated one tend to think that you just push one button and push the other, and you just start and stop. But that machine is as fickle as, you know, as as another human. I mean, it has good days and bad days and temperature changes and humidity. and Material. That material yeah. has good days and bad yep. days and yep. spartech and dead shot are different and absolutely you know then you throw in the occasional random china rod that somebody brings through here i mean or micarta or ebonite, ebonite. or i mean Whatever. you name it that there's a wide variation all that and so you know when i say i appreciate the consistency with which the product we're putting out you know like your tolerances is, is the word in machining right um Across those different materials and the different manufacturers, man, that's that's that helps me sleep good at night, pal. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, anyways, and I, I think it's it. You know, the whenever we go to an NWTF or a Dixie Deer Classic or one of these shows, that's the that's the one thing that I I really have noticed has changed in the last year year and a half is we've always had fans, but. I've watched people over the last six months walk into the booth and one guy's telling the other guy, there's that rolling thunder. I've been telling right. you about them, mm-hmm. you know, and like they're the, it, it's not, that's a, that's a different conversation with a customer than, um, well, where are y'all from? Well, what do y'all make? Let you me know, read where, your shirt. Where right. Are, where, yeah. They're completely, they're looking up at the banner. They're completely clueless versus when somebody sees that logo and goes, man, I've been telling you, there we need are. to get you. Yeah, yeah, there they are. We need to, you know, come over here. I want to, and I watched that in Raleigh last week and just person after person, like hey, one guy would grab his buddy and go, I told you they were here. Come over here. You need to blow this. Mm-hmm. Half of them couldn't blow it, but the guy was like, you need to buy one. I'll help you learn how to blow it. Like, I, you're not even, we're not yeah, even having to put the sales pitch on them because, yeah. You know, and I I don't mean that bragging, but it, that, you know, it gets out. Word gets out. When you're doing something good and you're able to do it over and over again, you know, that that gets passed on from one customer to his buddy. And yep. anyways, that's you deserve mighty lot of the credit for that, pal. Yep. Well, I do appreciate it. I, uh, I'd like to tell the story of how it all opened in September when we <laughs> launched the XL. And that door, Which part? just the, the people out front. Oh. I was so excited, you know, because I'd, you always kind of question, you know, did I do the right thing, you know, moving, because I moved me and my family yeah, three hours away from all we ever knew. Right. You know, it's, this was it. So 
me and my wife were not necessarily questioning things, so don't don't take me wrong right. there. But we were still asking questions, uh, you know. And you had faith and, that you were making the right decision, but faith and 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 confident, firm knowledge are two different things. And where the tire meets the pavement, absolutely. Yeah. So, and boy, when I seen the people line up, and I was like, oh wow, you know, Lord, you have blessed us. And I just, I, I don't know. I knew then. We had made the right decision. I knew. I knew what. I knew what my calling was here. I needed to make some duck calls in Tennessee, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was a really cool day. It was. It was wild. I remember getting here, and there was just one or two people here, and I didn't know whether there'd be a hundred people here lined up at the door, or whether it'd be two. The fact that there was one meant something. But between like, what we open at ten o'clock, between like yeah. eight and nine thirty. It was it like exploded. <laughs> it went from yes. one person to a gazillion. And almost I, it was almost like people were watching yeah. the people were driving by seeing the crowd get bigger and bigger and stopping going, I wonder what's going on over here. When I pulled in and saw one, you know, I was I was a little disappointed right out the gate. And I remember thinking as I pulled back, you know, First thought was, well, I guess we aren't going to have any parking problems. Right. <laughs> uh and then my second thought was, um, you know, okay, let's be all right. You know, we're going to have to earn our stripes. And then, you know, it was like floodgates opened, and it was like, okay, wait a minute. This is, <laughs> this is really happening. Yeah, this yeah. is really happening. And, uh, you know, it, it felt – you said this, and so I'm going to echo it because I felt the same thing. You could feel the spirit of the good Lord blessing, blessing the work that we were doing. And, uh, you know – that needs to be said because he deserves the credit at the end oh, of the day. I he's mean, the only reason I can do what yeah, I do. Absolutely. But I still I still hold on to what you said that morning, that Monday morning meeting after we got done. He was like, y'all, I hope you hold on to that. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I think about that often because it was, that's, I guess, part of what fuels my fire. Mm-hmm. What what makes me want to get up in the morning and move around mm-hmm. is, is that kind of, that kind of motivation. And then, uh, another moment we had was pretty cool was the the Evanited NWTF. You launched them. I'm not really sure where, what, when, or but that morning I woke up on Facebook. I think I must have had three or four messages, two or three anyway, before I got in the shower. I was like, oh yeah, this is probably gonna go over pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know that you can call it a launch because I never. I don't even think it had time to have yeah. liftoff. It was gone that fast. Yeah, I think if we'd have, honestly two things about that had we have understood that that was kind of the demand number one we would have just made more of them absolutely and and number two we would have been prepared with like here's where we're gonna lie like we but we were clueless i mean didn't tell people the first 10 of them we we sold we had clamshells laying on the floor we were packaging mr fox pot calls and and they were stepping over people and handed and i'll never forget the last guy bought like four and and he and he grabbed the three off the thing. He said, can I buy more than one? We said, yes, sir. And he grabbed those three. And we had a had that Jack Daniels whiskey barrel in the middle of the booth that we had all the new products on. And he goes, how about this display model? And I said, yes, sir, that one was counted in. <laughs> it's just like, I was literally, when he grabbed the display model, I was on my hands and knees packaging, you know, clamshell and calls. Because there, there weren't. There weren't 26 people in the whole show yet, and the first 25 <laughs> come yeah, straight to our to the booth. Yeah. By that every night. Yeah. yeah, the guy that took geez. it off the barrel reached over Levi, packaging a fox call to grab it. 
and we didn't push it on social media. We didn't make this big campaign. The only picture that I know of that that was that came out, Drake put something on Facebook with the yeah, with the dust, the dust from from, yeah. from um, sanding it, yeah, and just said, you know what that means. Seven yeah. minutes later, they were gone. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Well, anyways, we've rabbit trailed again, but uh, Mark, I want you to know how much I appreciate your involvement here. I mean, you're you're one of the team, obviously, and we're all just a, a cog in the bigger wheel, you know. I, I think one of the coolest things about this place is that everybody here has got a role. Everybody plays a role, and some days some of us carry more weight than others. But we're 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 definitely a team in the sense of we all are a link in the in the chain, you know. And um, we're we don't have any extra staff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in case you're wondering, just go back here and look how many calls need to be polished and find out where, find out where the wing cleats are, yeah. you know. it. So, uh, I, I don't say – I'm not bragging on you to, to belittle anybody else or to, to, you know, place a hierarchy because it takes takes all of us. But you play a special role and, uh, and a mighty big one, and I appreciate it. Well, I definitely so. appreciate the invite to be here and – it takes absolutely everybody up here to do this. There's not one person that could do any of it by themselves. No. It takes everybody. No, no doubt about it. All right. Well, on that note, you're gonna give wrap us your, it up. Yeah, you're gonna give us your little uh, telltale. What's your? Well, we appreciate y'all stopping by, <laughs> listening in. This has been another episode of the Rolling Thunder podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>